Welcome to Hearing with the Heart, Conversations Over Coffee. I'm Janet Jones. And I'm Bridget Passour. Thank you for joining us as we explore topics that invite us to live deeper our Catholic Christian faith. Janet, how are you? Um, great, Bridget. How are you? How's your new year going? Oh, you know, um, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Ooh, that was Wait. bad. Yeah, and wasn't that like a secular song? Yes, it is. And um, I don't know, it just came to mind because I know we're going to be talking about Advent today. And it just came to mind because Advent and what's happening out in the real world just seem to be in such conflict with each other. Uh, this invitation from our church to um, slow down and reflect and oh, take time out to like ponder things yeah. is just so directly opposed and so countercultural to the let's get everything done and trees up and lights lit and oh, what are we having for Christmas dinner and and oh, I got to go buy the most perfect gift and this franticness of this season which is so not what we are invited into from our church. Right. And it's just very difficult, I think, for all of us to really take that time and find what the true meaning of Advent is. So hopefully, through our discussion today, we can give some some tips or just some reflection on what Advent really is and have people ponder that. But knowing what I've done research-wise for what we're about to discuss, the Lutheran Church, as well as the Catholic Church, recognize Advent. So what was Advent like for you growing up? Yeah, so Advent was actually one of those times where my mother brought home some little devotional from from the church that we went to, and we had that Advent wreath, so, and we lit, you know, the candles each week, you know, adding one candle lit each week. That's not really a good way to describe it. But but yeah, it was probably, this and Lent were the only two times that I can remember where we actually did like a family devotional outside of just the going to church. And of course, um, just like in the Catholic church, the colors changed. Um, and I loved, of course, as a kid, you just love the anticipation that Christmas is coming and, and yes, the birth of Christ. But then also, gifts and Santa Claus and stuff, but we waited as a family to like do the decorations till closer to Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. And so Advent, you know, again, I probably don't fully understand how we celebrated it, but again, it just was a time of family devotion. Yeah. And all, we also, you know, did the uh, Advent wreath and did you guys have a white candle in the middle for Christmas day? No. We, had a white candle in, in the middle in, in anticipation of Christmas Day, but we also did a devotional. We would read uh, before, at least that's what my memory's telling me right now. But one of the things I remember the most is when we would go out and get our Christmas tree, because at that time, Christmas tree farms still existed, and you could go out and traipse through the snow and cut down your own. My mom would always be sure that there were enough boughs on the bottom to bring back the fresh evergreen to put it in with the rest of the Advent wreath. So we would have fresh evergreen in our Advent wreath. 
Wow. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah no, I, and I can't even tell you if ours was real or plastic. Um, I don't remember that. I just yeah. remember the candles. Yeah. So, um, and again, time of preparation, but my mom loved Christmas. House was decorated to the nines. Um, but the wise men were never allowed to be. She would put uh, the wise men in one window and then the manger scene without Jesus in another window as part of decorations. But they were never allowed to be over there until Epiphany. So, yeah. Um, That's but, cool. So we, we, I don't think we put baby Jesus in the manger. No. Yeah. But now that, that was like my most favorite thing to do was to set up the nativity because it was like little little dolls little figurines you know and i just so enjoyed like how are we going to position them and of course i probably never changed their positions from year to year but it was like how are we going to position them but yeah we didn't we didn't pay too much attention to where the wise men were they were just part of it yeah yeah but you know just i'm sure all of you have some advent um traditions that you've shared with your family growing up, or maybe that you're making for your own children right now, hopefully. But um, Advent has changed since its inception in 490 AD. Uh, Advent used to look a lot more like Lent. And we still have some of those traditions, like you mentioned, uh, the colors. The color purple is very prevalent during Advent, as well as uh, pink during that third week. and we're also one of the two uh, reconciliation services that our church offers is during Advent and Lent. So there's a preparation penitential undertone to Advent that has been around for literally centuries. But it used to be 40 days versus uh, what we now know as the four weeks. And this one is... Yeah, this one is wackadoodle because... Yeah. Um, just where Christmas falls, you know, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. So that Sunday is actually the fourth Sunday in Advent. So for the fourth week of Advent is like 18 hours. And then we go right into Christmas Eve services and the, and the celebration of Christmas and, and Christ's birth. Yeah. So this year's really kind of weird in a way. I'm almost like in my head thinking we have three weeks of Advent instead right. of the usual four. Um, and that word Advent too. Because you talk about it being the penitential, a time of penitential uh, um, reflection, that word Advent means coming. Mm -hmm. And so really the invitation, again, which is so countercultural, and I want to invite our listeners to just take a moment and just forget about your to-do list, all right? Even forget about Christmas. Don't even think about that right now. Just kind of get into this statement of what Advent means. And then the reflection of what we're supposed to be looking towards, all right? And again, I caution us because our culture has turned Advent into a countdown to Christmas, Mm -hmm. and it's not supposed to be that way for us. And so when we look at our creed, so again, the word Advent means coming. Correct. Coming. So we look at two different comings of Christ, and in our creed, we sum it up every week. And maybe we just like gloss over this really quick because, you know, we say it without thinking a lot of times. At least I do. I'm sure all the rest of you like really pay attention. But it says, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. So really our church invites us for the first part of Advent to look at that coming. Um, 
there's words like prepare and be watchful and stay awake and be alert. You know, he could come at any moment, you right. know, come Lord Jesus now, really. Um, what do we have to do to prepare for him? And, and when we think of our own physical preparations, you know, anytime like my mother-in-law was coming, oh, the house has really got to get cleaned, mm-hmm. you know? That's the same with like thinking about our preparations for Jesus. Like what kind of cleaning do I need to do within me? Yeah, I love that. Uh, and when we think about Advent meaning come and be aware or beware, it's not the fearful, oh my gosh, we have to beware that Jesus, no, we need to be exactly what Janet said. We have to be aware. We have to recognize where he is. And in a reflection I read, um, they said that there, we talk about Jesus coming. There's three different times when Jesus comes. And that will be one, when he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary. That is his first incarnation. The second time is what we are anticipating right now, and that is his coming and the celebration of his birth. But truly, he's already here. Mm-hmm. He has never left. Mm-hmm. That's a, the part about this that I think we often um, gloss over or lose sight of. And it's this Advent preparation that allows us to rekindle, reflect, and renew our relationship with the Lord as we prepare simply to celebrate his birth and his coming. We sometimes forget that he's died and rose from the dead and remains with us on a constant basis. Yeah, he's Emmanuel. He is God is with us. And the scriptures, so by the time this is released, we'll already have had the first Sunday of Advent. And I like a couple of phrases that are in Isaiah's reading for this first Sunday, because they talk about this yearning, like, why do you let us wander, O Lord, from your ways and harden our hearts so that we fear you not? Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Um, would that you meet, might meet us doing right, that we are we're mindful of you and our ways. There's this yearning within us for the kingdom that is to come, but is already here. Like Jesus said, you know, the kingdom is around you. And so during this time of Advent, as we, you know, again, look to his second coming, but being fully aware that he is with us now, how can we bring out the kingdom in our world? You know, we should all be working towards this idea of justice and care and compassion and peace, true peace, not just absence of war, but true peace where two enemies can sit down and have a conversation with each other, which again, doesn't happen without God's grace. But this is the dream. This is the hope of Christmas. You know, the hope that there's peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And, and that's the hope of the kingdom to come. But again, we're supposed to be engaging in that coming now, you know? Yeah. And I, what you spoke of at the very beginning where we've moved away from that, the, the countdown to Christmas, what gifts am I going to get? How many things, you know, batches of cookies am I going to make? What are we going to have for Christmas dinner? Da, 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 da. Oh, no pun intended, but keeping up with the Joneses as far as decorations on the lawn and things like that. All those things have really superseded 
what we as Catholic Christians should be focusing on during Advent. And it's this isn't a this is more of a, a reminder to help us refocus ourselves. Those things are not bad, but those things should not take the precedence during these four weeks of preparation. Right, absolutely. And I think um, you know, keeping Christ in Christmas, keeping Christ in the center of all the activity is is absolutely key. But I think it's also allowing ourselves to even dream the dream that God had for us mm-hmm. from the get-go, mm-hmm. that we should be in relationship with Him and in right relationship with one another. And inviting His presence into, again, those moments of family that might not reflect that. Yeah, and it, it's not, again, I, I love our world, but I don't love our world because it's about the almighty dollar out there. You know, with this whole, like, let's have Christmas in the stores before Halloween, even. Um, And it just takes away the focus. And we have to refocus ourselves for Advent. And again, reflect on just this yearning that we should have or have. Um, I don't think we allow ourselves to yearn because, I don't know, it's, it's hard to yearn and then not see fruits come from it, I guess. But I think, as we've talked about all along, that desire that is placed in your heart is from the Lord. That is, that is Him. He will always approach you first. Mm-hmm. He is always reaching out, always calling to you first. So that yearning that's in your heart to be closer to Him, especially during this Advent season, where you should be more conscientious of it and recognize it because that's what the season is designed to help you do. The the answers may not be what we anticipate, but the answer will be there and and he will provide what is needed in the moment. And I think that Advent allows us to see exactly what you were talking about before. Those quiet moments, mm-hmm. that's a gift during this time. The gathering with family that you're able to smooth a conversation over because you are conscious of the fact that you represent and are Jesus in that room, but so is everyone else. So there are, there are many things that can happen along the way during this Advent season to bring you closer to the Lord. Well, too, with that yearning, even though um, we might not have a fulfillment of it, you know, like our hearts are restless till they rest in you. But I really think, okay, for me personally, that there's always going to be a restlessness within me until I get to the other side. Absolutely. But it's placing our trust in the God who then responds. Because in our second Sunday of Advent, you know, God responded to the yearning that was in the first week. You know, why don't you come and help us here? And God says, you know, comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. And, and he's preparing, you know, we're supposed to prepare our way of the Lord, but he's going to do, his glory is going to shine. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And he spoke it in the incarnation. Yeah. <laughs> he spoke it when Jesus is born an infant to Mary. Um, you know, salvation comes into the world, and which is the second coming that we prepare for. 
which from our creed, again, is the recognition that we needed a Savior. Because in our creed, it says, for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. For us men and women and for our salvation, you know, we, we had to have a Savior. This was God's rescue plan. This was his dream of restoration for us. And so, again, this Advent time is to look at the fact that I'm a sinner and I, I needed a Savior. I still need a Savior. Yeah. And this week's, the second week of Advent's gospel is about John the Baptist. Yeah. And sometimes we think, why are we talking about John the Baptist during the middle of Advent? Because exactly what Janet was alluding to, Christ's incarnation is about our salvation. John the Baptist is the last and the greatest of the prophets, spoken and title given by Jesus himself. But the baptism that John the Baptist offered was a baptism of repentance, something that we all seek, whereas Jesus's baptism is a baptism of salvation, and it frees us from sin and death and cleanses us cleanses us of that original sin. And when we are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we become priest, prophet, king. We become everything that Jesus came to earth to save us, you know, and and grant us and give us. And Advent is a, a reminder. We can't just, you know, baby Jesus is wonderful. But like we say about Jesus's death, if he did not rise from the dead, none of it matters. If he was born and didn't rise from the dead, none of it matters. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Without the resurrection, we're not sitting here. um, And Jesus' birth doesn't matter. But it's just, again, it's taking that time to just put everything into perspective, to, to realize again, that we need this Savior, and that God responded in this way. Because he loves us. Yes. He loves us. Again, even pondering what God's dream is for us. It's, again, that right relationship. And Jesus Jesus reconciled, you know, and, okay, I'm 60-something years old. Oh, yeah, 64. I have to count. Um, Christmas has certainly like changed. This whole Advent season has changed as my life has changed. And, and it's a lot slower for me because, um, you know, I have less family that I'm worrying about buying all those perfect presents and, you know, everybody's grown. So it's moved past that anticipation of what Santa brought right. me, right? You know, and, and I think it's moved into a beautiful arena of being able to be slow and to take time to actually reflect on this and allow myself to really just hope for with great anticipation the restoration of the kingdom as God had wanted it to be. Um, Yeah, it just, and I invite other people to just, again, just take them, take up half an hour, I don't know, whatever you need to just kind of reprioritize what, what you're doing, what you're thinking, to just, um, again, put Christ back in the center. Right. And as we're saying that, we have such an intentionality about Lent. There are things that we do. There are things that we give up. And we are intentional about that. But I don't 
think we have that much of a awareness of our need to do that during Advent and knowing how linked they were when they first were uh, brought into the liturgical practice way back in, you know, 490, maybe that, like you were saying, do something intentional. We have the little blue books here at Church of the Ascension that we offer people that you can six minutes a day, you know, with that reflection. If you're a family, having the Advent wreath around and explaining to your children why you're doing it, we're going to have some um, options and links in the show notes of various things that people can do during uh, the Advent season. But just like we give up things or do things during Lent, maybe this year you choose that one thing to do during Advent that will bring you slightly closer to the Lord. And it could be, you know, numerous things. Take that to prayer with you and ask the Lord how he wants you to come closer to him during this time of preparation. Yeah, that's that's a great suggestion because I think this time is really to focus on others, you know, especially those that don't have all the stuff that we have. Um, and even just sharing your love, like, again, because our family's grown and, and we're all adults, um, you know, my son very profoundly said one Christmas, Mom, it's not about the gifts that you give me. It's more about the love and family, that time that we share. And I'm just like, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out of my you guys did right. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, by grace of God. But yeah, it's it's looking towards the other because really the whole question is how can Christ become alive in me? And he comes alive when we share him little acts of kindness, yes. whatever, with each other. And and in a way that's restoring the kingdom and preparing for that second coming, you know, of Christ, because again, Christ is with us. Emmanuel, he's with us. Yes. So what I would encourage all of us to do is every day ask for an opportunity to be Christ to someone throughout your day. It could be someone in in the store. It could be someone in front of you uh, on the on the highways and byways. It could be someone at work. It could be whatever that it could be someone at your dinner table. Ask the Lord to allow you to be Christ to someone because by you exemplifying the love, the charity, the kindness to someone else, you have just given them the gift of love. And that is the greatest gift we can give because that truly is giving God to another person. Yeah, absolutely. And even as you're doing, you know, like I still write out Christmas cards and I pray for the people as I'm writing out the cards, you know, that that's just a simple way, again, to bring Christ into it. Um, yeah, just little acts of kindness. And if you have a little bit more time, you can just reflect on what it would have been like in our world if Christ hadn't come. You know? I'm not sure we're here. Yeah, we're not here. We're we're lost. And and unfortunately there's some people in this world where Christ hasn't come to them yet. Yeah. And we want to tell the story. Which is why one of the traditions I love that I was introduced to when I became Catholic is the Jesse tree. Mm-hmm. 
which goes through the whole story of salvation and then culminates with, you know, the birth of Christ. And um, again, as a family, if you go through that, those stories. But again, there's people out there where Christmas really hasn't come to them because Christ, they don't know Christ. And the invitation is to share him through our actions and sometimes our words. And I love that statement where you may be the only Christ someone ever meets. Right. Yeah. So be aware. Yeah. yeah. Be aware. Yeah. All right. So next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about something fun. We're going to start. We're going to talk a little bit about non-secular Christmas carols and where they came from and how how good they are. And Janet's going to sing again. And you know, oh, it's gonna no, be- I am not. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. That, but that was really bad. <laughs> but uh, we just, uh, again, as always, we thank you. This is truly a blessing to share this time with you. And be aware. Be aware of this Advent and, and give yourself perm- permission to exhale and just be with Jesus. Yep. Amen. All right. See you next week. All right. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have you on this journey with us. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. If you want to be sure to get every episode when it's released, you can simply hit subscribe or follow in your podcast app to receive the weekly notifications. You can also find Hearing with the Heart each Monday and Friday through the Church of the Ascension's weekly emails. If you're interested in some of the references from today's episode, you can find those links in the show notes. Finally, if you'd like to email us with a comment and or a question, you can do so at podcast at ascensionvb.org. That's podcast at ascensionvb.org. We look forward to being with you next week on Hearing with the Heart, Conversations Over Coffee. God bless.